Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, and I am Andy Last. I am the host. Today on the show, we are going to be chatting with Mizu Cat. She is an artist uh, from Germany. She does cool, retro-inspired art. She's done uh, album covers, and she also does custom design work, painting old video game consoles and stuff like that. And so she's cool, and we're going to talk to her uh, later in the show. But first, we are going to listen to some music because that is what we do here so what do i got here's a cool one from moon dragon uh from the album grand prix and this is the uh this is the titular grand prix track
right, and that was Grand Prix by the Moon... No, by Moon Dragon. He's not the Moon Dragon. He is Moon Dragon, and uh, that's a cool song. And if you want to go back into the Beyond Synth archives, I had a conversation with him in episode 48. That's like 120 episodes ago pretty crazy now that you think about it. There was a time in the history of Beyond Synth where I was excited because I got to episode 10. (laughs) Like, I was so amazed at myself that I made 10 episodes. So to think we're on episode 165 is uh, pretty crazy. It's probably the most of... Well, it is clearly the most of anything I've ever done, and also consistently for so many years. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Congratulations, me. Uh, let's go to the Patreon and check out if there's any updates. everybody you know you can support this show by going to patreon.com slash beyond synth like these awesome people because we got some new donors this week first up we got zayon b x a e o n and then a capital b and a capital e but i've just been informed that that is just to inform me that this person is from belgium so uh thanks dude for supporting the show i know uh i've seen your name before in the uh beyond synth live show when we when we stream the show on uh, Friday nights. Man, I really ought to change the banner. I just realized the banner still says it airs on Thursday nights. Just so you know, if you're one of the people who just listens to the podcast once it goes on SoundCloud, we do actually air the show the Friday before. I say live. It's not really live. It's the same program, but uh, there's a chat. We have it on uh, Mixler on the Power 85 channel, and on Fridays, if you follow me on Twitter, I will post the link to the show, and there's a chat room where people are chatting as the episode airs, so if you ever want to hear an episode before it goes on SoundCloud, uh, that's where you can do it, and that's where I have met Zayon B. So thank you so much for your support, dude. And we have a new donor of the beast! 666. You know, the people who donate 666, they're my special donation of the beast people. And every few weeks when a blood moon rises, I read off the the donation of the beast people. And I'm going to have one more name to add to that. Philip Back. Is that your real last name? Back? It says B-A-C-K here. I can't believe that's a real last name. Do you suppose maybe you come from like a family of chiropractors? (laughs) You know how... How people always had their last names be, like, what their occupation was, like, in the 1800s or whatever. Like, that's why my last name is Last, because lasts are, it's the word for the wooden insert that you build a shoe on top of. The more you know. Anyways, uh, thanks, Philip, for your support. You are a evil guy, because of the 666. But you're also cool because you supported Beyond Synth. And uh, what else? We got Anthony Anselmo, who has upgraded his support. Thanks, bud. Anthony's now in the $5 club. I know Anthony because he keeps on telling me to watch Star Trek. And I should say, because I did record the episode with Florence, which is probably going to air, I think, in three weeks. 
<laughs> this is what happens when you record shows so far in advance. I have a friend who works in the video game industry, and he's a huge Star Trek fan. And so when I told him that I was watching Star Trek, and then he got all excited, but then he got mad at me because, you know, when people are hardcore into something, like hardcore Star Trek fan, then he's getting mad. He's just like, oh, but you can't really appreciate that episode unless you watch all of season one and two. And then, I mean, really, like, you don't really appreciate this unless you watch, like, season three. And I'm like, eh, fuck you, you nerd. Like, I was I was just watching a selection of episodes. But uh, I enjoyed them, so I, I probably will go back and, and watch some more. But uh, it's funny when Star Trek fans find out we're doing that show, and I'm getting a lot of messages from people telling me which shows I'm supposed to watch. And I'm like, hey, man, I only got time for so much. But bottom line, thanks, uh, Anthony, for your support. And then finally, a new donor with the triple three. And this person's name is Golden, G-O-L-D-I-N. And his last name is I-S-U-K-K-S. So I sucks. So thank you, Golden Eye Sucks, for your support. Hey, wait a minute, man. You make it. <laughs> so you've donated three dollars and thirty-three cents just to hear me say the word Golden Eye Sucks. <laughs> I gotta tell you, when I first saw this uh, pop up on the Patreon, I laughed. You made me laugh, buddy, because it took me a second. I was looking at it and like, Golden Eye sucks? Oh, I gotcha. It's wrong, though. Golden Eye doesn't suck. It's the best. All right, guys, let's listen to some more music. Uh, here's a song, I don't know why I didn't play this earlier, from Duet's uh, most recent album, Cycles. And uh, holy shit, man, when I was playing the album when it came out, this song I just played over and over and I think what happened was Mike was on the show and he chose to play a duet song but it wasn't this one and so I figured oh I played a duet song I don't need to play one for a few weeks but had it been my choice I would have played Don't Make Me Wait featuring Stuart Lockwood because this song is fucking good
And that was Don't Make Me Wait, featuring Stuart Lockwood by Duet. And I have listened to that song just on a loop. It's so good. One of these days, I got to have, maybe I'll have Duet come back to the show and bring along Stuart with him. Because uh, Stuart has a lovely voice, and I'd like to chat with him. And if you want to go into the Beyond Synth archive, I had a duet on in episode 130. 38? It was this season. It was just a, it was a few months ago, so you can always go and check that out, because uh, he's a cool guy and makes wicked music, if you want to uh, listen to cool music. I mean, we all do. And, uh, and of course, that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. The king of the Pattersons this week is Pattern Shift, who um, I'll be talking with uh, in a few weeks. And then, of course, the amazing Jacob Wick with the 4488. This dude is a true hero of uh, Beyond Synth support, which I guess is (laughs) not really (laughs) much of an accolade, but uh, whatever. Hey, let's go um, chat with Jared from Retro Revolutions. All right, well, it's time for a retro few minutes, retro revolution few minutes. Uh, I'm here with Jared. Uh, it's, a, it's a great name for the segment, by the way. Yeah, retro <laughs> retro few minutes revolution. And, uh, of course, you are the dude behind Retro Revolutions, the YouTube channel where you sort of take old things and mod them and do stuff. Yeah, mate. I know we, we talked a bit of, a few weeks ago about your sort of background, but, like, you sort of mentioned briefly that one day you just messed around with a, with a console, but how long have you been doing, like, the electrician stuff? 16 years. Worked all around the world doing electronic specialist job, so nothing new to me in that regard, but um, with regards to console modification specifically, it's about two to three years I've been doing it, and I kind of thought, you know, it's kind of cool some of the things I'm doing, I'd like to be able to show some of the people what I do, so yeah. So what was the first thing you messed around with? I made a wireless controller for a Nintendo Entertainment System, NES, and then I uh, hacked a Sega Saturn, that was probably the first video I made where you could play your burnt games on it, yeah, with a software mod, which was pretty cool, very bad video, but you know, I enjoyed making it. Wait, so so a wireless controller for an actual Nintendo? Yeah. So what did that mean? Like you put like a Bluetooth receiver like in the console? Like how did that work? You basically just plugged the end of your controller, like the end of the cord of the controller into this little module and put the other piece into the controller port and it was wireless. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So did you have to do anything in the console itself? No, it was completely um, like you don't have to modify the console itself. So it was a plug and play console mod. Like why did you think to do it? For fun? I mean... Well, my lounge room's pretty big. I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of the consoles, the cords that come with them are quite short, and I was getting pissed off of pretty much having to walk across the lounge room, so I just made a little battery pack and some stuff and, and then made it wireless because, you know, just going to sit there and have long gaming sessions without having to get up. And that was the regular Nintendo? Yeah. What game are you playing? What's your favorite Nintendo game? Uh, Metal Gear Solid, which is called Metal Gear. Back then, it's pretty good. And then the old uh, Super Mario Bros. 3, that's a good one. I think I've only played, like, the first few minutes of Metal Gear. I know the game. Yeah. Remember my friend used to have it, but I don't think I've ever really sat through it. Yeah, it's come a long way. But look, man, it was good talking to you. People should find you on uh, YouTube, right? Retro Revolutions, see what uh, you're up to. Yeah, mate, you can find me all there and Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of them. Just look up my name and it comes up. You do have a Retro Revolutions Facebook? Uh, yes, but it's under my name, but it is actually called... Jared uh, Hackerman Green. All right, dude. Well, listen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, people should go check you out. And uh, it was good talking to you, man. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Yeah, man. Thanks, buddy. <laughs>
All right, and that was Jared from Retro Revolutions. Always fun to chat with him. That, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporter, Clint Dowling. Clint Dowling is a cool guy, and I want you all to know it. And uh, how about we listen to some more music? Here's one from Back to 84. This is Dancing with Danger.
And that was Dancing with Danger by Back to 84. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporter, Chris Williams, the king of cyber services. So how about this? We're going to talk to Mizu Cat in just a few minutes. But first, I want to address an issue because I've seen people sharing this meme online about Bill Paxton. It basically says, Bill Paxton is the only guy to ever get killed by a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. Right? And it seems like a fun little piece of trivia, because you're like, oh yeah, you know, Bill Paxton's one of the thugs in the Terminator, and uh, he's in Predator 2, and he's in Aliens. Now, of course, someone also jumped in to mention that Lance Henriksen was also killed by a Terminator and an alien and a Predator, because he was in that Alien vs. Predator movie. I'm not too sure about the validity of that one, because because technically Bishop was an android and although he did get ripped in half by the Queen, I don't know if you would necessarily call that killed because he's still alive. Sort, I mean, as alive as an android can be, but I mean, she did put him in a bag and he was all covered in milk. And then, yeah, the Terminator does shoot him, although it's off screen. That's that awesome scene in the Terminator where... <laughs> Lance Henriksen runs out and he's like, hey, and they clearly just like dubbed in the sound of a machine gun because he's just sort of like shaking it like he's shooting it. And Alien vs. Predator, I don't remember. I've watched it once, so uh, I'll take their word for it. But I'm not totally convinced that Bill Paxton was killed in The Terminator. Because if you watch, Arnold just sort of, he, he swats the one dude with the jacket and then he just kind of pushes Bill Paxton really hard against the fence. And then Bill Paxton hits the fence and falls down, but he catches his fall. And then Arnold puts his hand through that other guy's stomach. So... I don't know if you can count that as a kill. Because, like, I think Bill Paxton could have scurried away. And I don't think that what we saw on screen was necessarily a, a kill. Aliens, I'll give you, because they pull him under the fucking grate. Predator 2 I haven't watched in a while, but he gets killed in the train, right? And that's that scene where the Predator won't kill that lady because she's pregnant, but I think it does take out Bill Paxton. So let me know, guys. What do you think? Is Bill Paxton dead in the Terminator? I don't think so. So how about this? Let's listen to one more song, and then we'll go chat with Mizu Cat. So here's a cool one from Carr, K-A-R-R, featuring J.J. Mist. Now, this one just completely passed me by. You know, people send me music. Sometimes it takes me, like, months before I can go through the folder, my email folder, and actually, like, read and make sure I listen to everything. It's really hard when you don't have a secretary and you get sent messages, like, on all all these places. And sometimes people get mad at me because I... <laughs> Like, it happens, where I, I get an email, and then, you know, at the end of the week, I'm checking my uh, SoundCloud messages, and then someone's like, hey, man, here's my song. And then, like, a day later, hey, how come you haven't listened to my song? And then a day later, like, hey, man, what, is my stuff not good enough for you? And I'm just like, I haven't even read the first message. Like, so, if I can give any advice to anybody, I will always listen to everything that's sent to me. It's just, I'm a one-man operation, and it's difficult for me to do all of this myself. And I don't have enough money coming in to hire somebody to help, so I just have to do things when I can do them. But I will do them. So anyone who has had their music played on the show knows they might have sent me music like last year, and I'm like finally getting to it now. Believe me, I do try, but it's it's, it's tough. Anyways, this was one of those where I got this message and didn't listen to it for a while. And then when I did, I was like, holy shit, this is a good song. And uh, this is With Her Tonight.
And that was With Her Tonight by Carr, K-A-R-R, featuring J.J. Mist. And that's a good one, and she sings well in it, so there you go. (laughs) And that's my musical analysis of that song. And, uh, of course, I was brought to you by all the awesome people who support Beyond Synth on Patreon. We will never forget the lovely Chris Lane. And, of course, you can always check out all the artists I feature on the show because I put all of their information in the episode info. So if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or if you're listening to this on YouTube, along with the three other people that... <laughs> <laughs> I know, look, put it this way. I know nobody listens to the show on YouTube. Like, they they get, like, 50 listens at most. Um, I just put them there just in case, right? If SoundCloud ever goes down or whatever, um, there's another place to check out Beyond Synth. And I'm probably going to put Beyond Synth in a few other places as well. I'm just looking at the new sort of social media sites, and I don't know that I like a lot of them. I mean, I was talking about this a few weeks ago, because with a lot of people trying, you know, like, leaving YouTube, and Twitter because of censorship. Of course, it ends up being a lot of conspiracy-type people. So a lot of these new social media-slash-media-sharing sites, uh, when you go to their homepages, you know, I'm talking about things like Minds or... What's the other one? There's another one. It starts with a B, but I forget it. You know, their front page is all just conspiracy stuff. And I don't know. There's just... uh, There's something that holds me back from, like, putting my content in those sites. That's just me. That's just a personal thing. I'm fine with people sharing that stuff. It's just... uh, I don't know. I'll wait and see, because maybe some of those sites will actually mature and become more like what I think they should be, like an alternative to YouTube that is sort of similar, but maybe houses some content that YouTube doesn't like or whatever. I don't know. I'm not an expert in this stuff. The point is, that's why the shows are there on YouTube, the Beyond Synth shows. Um, Why am I even saying this? Whatever. Let's, look, let's go talk to Mizucat. <laughs> For some reason, I always want to call you Musicat. I don't know why, but it's Mizucat, right? Yes. I don't know what it is when you see those letters there, but I always want to say Musicat, and I don't know why. What? Well, anyway, I'm here with Mizukat, Jacqueline. How are you? Good, you? I am okay. It's very hot here today. What's the weather like in Germany? Uh, it's warm and rainy. Not really nice. <laughs> no, that's the same weather we have here right now. I'm in Toronto. It's so damn hot. Like, I've got all the windows open right now. I'm trying to absorb as much cool air as I can. It's getting pretty crazy. So what? what is Mizukat? What does that mean? Mizu is Japanese and it means water. It's a very long story actually, but yeah. What do you say? My star sign, star sign, yeah, is Pisces, or how do you pronounce it? Pisces. Pisces, oh yeah. (laughs) And yeah, it's element water, so I, I was looking on Google Translator and I was like, Okay, what what does water mean in Japanese? And yeah, Mizu came on. I was like, oh well, that sounds cool actually. <laughs> so you're big into the Japanese stuff. That, I mean, I know your art style is very anime inspired. Yeah, I always loved anime and Japanese culture. So yeah, this is where it comes from. <laughs> so explain then what you do exactly, because you are you're a graphic artist, but you also paint consoles and you know you do stuff like that. So how do you explain when if someone says like, what do you 
you do? What do you tell them? Yeah, that's funny. Well, I'm actually self-taught. I never learned anything. I never studied in this area. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have seen my website, but it says Musical Illustration Art and Design because I was like, okay, what do you actually do, Jacqueline? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I asked myself. Mm. So yeah, I do illustration, art and design because I do like cover art works which is more illustration thing but I also do like abstract 80s inspired art and yeah the design thing is actually the customizing thing like consoles and keyboards synthesizers and yeah this kind of thing so yeah it started as a hobby but it's actually my work now well that's great that's the dream yeah. to be able to do that so what's the cat part of Mizu Cat <laughs> well long time ago I think when I was nine or something, I was really into Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. <laughs> and I was drawing like in this kind of style, Sonic the Hedgehog, Amy the Hedgehog, Honey the Cat. These were all the characters. And I had my own character and the name was Misa the Cat. So yeah, I just made a compact version of Misa the Cat to Misa Cat. So in this fictionalized world of Sonic the Hedgehog, what was Mizu Cat's power? Mizu the Cat. Oh... <laughs> She actually never had any special power, I guess. <laughs> she was just pretty cute, I think. I don't know what was in my nine-year-old head at this time, so it's funny to talk about this. So does that mean Mizu the cat would have been one of those animals that was trapped in that silver thing that Sonic <laughs> had to rescue at the end of every level? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got no powers. I'm just thinking about this logically, but maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, she would be the victim, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start... And what came first? Because obviously now you're saying like you're doing the design stuff and all this other stuff. What was the first sort of art project that began the, the journey? The journey, yeah. It actually began when I came into the synthwave scene. Because before that, I was actually no one special. <laughs> So I started doing this synthwave-inspired artworks and people came to me and asked me to do cover artworks for them. So yeah, I started designing cover artworks traditionally with pencil on paper and also digitally. And yeah, I combined these and did a lot of cover artworks first and commissions. And it was always a combination between anime, but also semi-realism. Like many people say... When I do the semi-realism stuff, it looks like it's Patrick Nagel inspired. It's not actually Patrick Nagel inspired, but it, yeah, it could be that it looks like that. Mm -hmm. And then late 2017, I started to restore a NES just for myself. I was like, okay, what do you do with it? It, it works, but it looks shitty. So I started painting on it and I was like, oh, that looks cool. I started buying, how do you say, um dirty and mistreated consoles yeah. <laughs> and cleaned them and yeah started customizing them so yeah this started in late 2017 and i do this a lot till now so what was your entryway into the synthwave scene like how did you discover the synthwave it didn't really start with synthwave well i discovered french electronic music in 2009 i think and this was the lead to introduce me to synthwave music because it's really yeah, i think the french touch is also very 80s and i started discovering on youtube like Laserhawk and all these popular music videos on YouTube from I think 2012 or something and yeah this is actually where it really started with synthwave 
passion. So how did people know to get in contact with you to do artwork stuff? Like, did you approach anybody or did they just stumble upon it? Like, how did that happen? I was on a Facebook group called New Retro Designers. Okay. Yeah, I posted my artworks there and people came to me then. So, yeah, it went very quick. Yeah, it's nice when Facebook is actually useful for something. (laughs) 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 But look, uh, I want to keep talking, but first we got to uh, listen to some music. So here's a cool one from Beat Plastic. This is Automatic.
automatic by beat plastic and that was brought to you by my lovely patreon supporter emilio estevez and uh we're back here with the music cat and uh we're just talking about how you got uh, started doing art uh in the scene and like i, I know this is always <laughs> an impolite question to ask ladies but i mean like are you born in the 80s like how old how old are you <laughs> no i wish i'm 22 i'm born in 1996 oh so you're like a super young person yeah <laughs> in the scene yeah i'm not i'm not even gonna do the math here so what is your connection then to all this sort of retro stuff i mean it's an important part of your aesthetic you know especially when it comes to the restoring of like old consoles and things like that so why do you find yourself sort of interested in that as opposed to say because i mean if you're 22 <laughs> that's what many people say and ask i think it comes from my parents because when i was younger they used to listen to a lot of 80s music even in the 90s or 2000s and we were traveling a lot and I remember my mom always made our holiday videos on her old camera. She cut the videos and put music under it and every time we watched the, those videos it was always 80s music and she also put some 80s music videos between those videos. It was really weird but it's funny. <laughs> yeah and My father had a big vinyl collection. He listened to them at home a lot when I was younger. I always enjoyed listening to 80s music, but I recognized it so much later that I actually really love it because I didn't know that there's other people who like this music as well and that there is music that is inspired by 80s music. So I didn't really notice it first, but I kind of always loved the 80s music and fashion and art way more than anything modern, to be honest. So it took a while for me to realize that, but now I'm here and I live it. I live the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I know you enjoy like the fashion stuff because, you know, like with your Instagram, there's lots of pictures with the like the high waisted jeans. And where do you where do you find these outfits? Are these like actual like old stuff or are you finding like new clothes that are in that style or? It depends. Most of my clothes are from my mother because she used to be a model in the 80s, yeah, late 80s, 90s. So I got a lot of clothing from her and I always check out secondhand vintage shops or online there are many people selling this kind of stuff it's easy to find those clothes here so they are a mix of new and original 80s clothes well your parents sound pretty cool <laughs> I should go talk to them they sound like cool people <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to like the retro stuff, especially like with the consoles and the um, painting you do and stuff, like do you actually enjoy playing like the old retro games or is it just about the, the physical 
like the item. Oh no, I, I enjoy playing them. I don't know if you have seen my room on Instagram, but I have a second room. I have my work room and I have a second room with my collection stuff and I literally own every retro console of Nintendo so far and a few Sega ones and also all the handhelds from Nintendo and others and I have loads of games and I have a old CRT set up in this room and sometimes I sit there and play and it looks like the childhood room you always dreamed of in the 90s. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's true. So it looks like a rich kid in the 90s. <laughs> That's a funny way of putting it because when I was young, you know, 20 years before you were born... <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm looking at the picture now, right? And it's true when you think of it that way, like this would have been a rich kid's room because, you know, yeah. when I was young, it's like we could afford like one system at a time. Oftentimes I'd have to trade in, you know, everything to get the new thing. Mm. When I look at this and, you know, there's an N64 and a PlayStation and a Super Nintendo. And I probably would have hated the kid who would have had this room, <laughs> but it's awesome. So what what have you found? I guess because this must be exciting because you get to discover all these old games for the first time. So like, is there any like favorites of yours right now? I used to play the... Uh, some of these games when I was younger because my best friend had a Super Nintendo and yeah, I w always visited her and we played some games and my favorite games are still F-Zero. I'm scrolling through your Instagram so I, I have the picture up of your room with the game system and uh, that's a very... <laughs> I gotta clarify that because that sounds really creepy. Unless I, <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of your room, Jacqueline. There is a, there is a. <laughs> you're playing F Zero in this picture. Oh, <laughs> that's what's on the screen. That's a funny coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and F Zero and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the fighting game. <laughs> Because it is, yeah. Did you know that game? <laughs> There's a classic. It's so funny, but. I love the music and I think the most important thing in a game is the music. It always, it's making it more exciting in my opinion. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I grew up with these games and, you know, especially in this scene, people are very nostalgic for old games and a lot of the times it is the music that is the thing that stays with you mm -hmm. and is actually almost more important. I mean, especially with like the Mega Man franchise, I always talk about Mega Man just because I, I find those games so hard that they annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> But the music is so good. I know. And so a lot of times when people talk about Mega Man, they're always like, oh, the music in Mega Man is so great. And like, I have to agree, it is really good. And that was part of the reason why I would play those games. But the games themselves just pissed me off because I'm like, they were always just way too hard for me. And now when I go back and play them, I don't even have the patience to get past one screen before I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? It's true. I have to be honest, I'm a bad gamer, even when I enjoy playing, but I never finished a Mega Man game. It's too hard. <laughs> no, Mega Man's ridiculous. And <laughs> I've I don't think I've ever finished a Mega Man game. I might have finished two, but then I think I was using a guide. Cheater. <laughs> well, someone had to read the tip section in EGM. It might have... <laughs> Wait, what the hell ever happened to EGM? Anyway, look, in Mega Man, if you defeat the bosses in the right order, <laughs> uh, it's a little easier. Like, I remember that being a thing. Like, oh, if you beat Leaf Man first, and then you use his Leaf Power against this guy or whatever. I, anyway, who cares? Those games are hard is the point, but <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's listen to some music. Here's a cool track from... Broads from the album Field Theory, and this one's called Let Me Take It From Here.
And that was Let Me Take It From Here by Broads from the album Field Theory. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporter, Christian James. Uh, if you want to help support the show, go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. And I am back here with Mizu Cat. Nope, nope, we're back with an actual cat. I'm sorry, I, I will close the door. Wait a second. <laughs> Is that your cat? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to close the door and my cat came in. Wants to cuddle. <laughs> what's, what's your cat's name? Zoe. I have two cats, actually. Romeo and Zoe. <laughs> I haven't had a cat in years. My last cat was called Fufu. Fufu. <laughs> and she was fucking crazy. It turned out, we actually took her to the vet later on in her life. It turned out she was overstimulated or something. So Fufu, like she's a cute looking cat and she was always very, very clean. You could pet her and then if you pet her like the wrong way, all of a sudden her pupils would just dilate full. Like, her eyes just become black. And then she would just be insane. Mm -hmm. You never knew why she would do it or what would happen. And so you're always kind of on edge. I would always go to school and I would have all these cuts all the way down my arm from her claws. But she was was just the craziest cat in the world. Fufu. Yeah, that's my story about that. (laughs) It's funny because I've been to LA in February and I had an Airbnb and the cat's name was Boo Boo. There you go. It just reminded me of that. Fufu and Boo Boo. <laughs> Cute names. I think it's an American thing, right? Fufu, Boo Boo. It sounds like a French thing to me, but I can't think of why. There was a, a story about like Fufu the rabbit or Fufu the bunny. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Never heard it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest stories ever told. But no, the. the <laughs> Now that you're doing all this art stuff, though, I mean, like, you've become incredibly busy. So, like you just said, I mean, like, you're in L.A. and stuff. How many trips are you doing now a year? It's actually always spontaneous because I get randomly invited on Synthwave events to sell merchandise. So, I think this year, or this year was really busy. I actually wanted to go to L.A. to make holidays, but there was this show happening with Future Holotape, The Midnight, well, only Tim from The Midnight, and, yeah, a few others, and it was in the Whiskey A Go-Go, a very popular club, and they were like, yeah, when you were here, you could actually come and sell your merchandise, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, sure. So, yeah, this was in February, and then I was in Berlin and London, and I'm having a trip in November, in Germany, Darmstadt. Yeah, so I traveled four times. No, wait, wait a second. I was in Darmstadt as well this year, so five times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. This year was really busy. Is it worth your while to do that? Because obviously, like, with travel expenses and stuff, I mean, like, I, I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of business operations, but, I mean, it's worthwhile to, like, travel to L.A. with merch and, and sell it and stuff? Like, does it make sense to do? Yes, definitely. It was always very good. I always made very good sales, except for Berlin. I think Germany isn't that much into this kind of stuff, like buying merchandise. But the others were really good and it's not really about the sales it's the meeting new people and yeah a bit of advertising and making new connections so it's always worth it and I always enjoy it no I totally agree now that there's more synthwave festivals popping up and I gotta get my damn passport because I I haven't filled out my stupid passport paperwork but for me it's the same thing it's like when, when I go to synthwave shows or where bands come to Toronto to me it's more about just meeting the people that's my enjoyment you know it's why I I do this show it's because I just like chatting with people and meeting new people and so uh, that's what's cool about all these events popping up which is why I want to I want to go to more of them as well just because it's great to finally catch up with people that you've developed a a relationship with online you know friendships and stuff yes (laughs) 
I love when I <laughs> I'll say a big long thing and then I realize that I'm sorry. <laughs> there's nothing for the other person to say. No, but just, I was I was yes. I was just thinking. It's uh, yeah, you know, it's not easy for me. I mean, English isn't my mother language, so mm. I have to think a lot before I talk. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, perfect, perfect. It's all good. It's also great too with the German accent as well. Just, no. to, just yes, <laughs> very good, um, Andy. Very good. <laughs> Uh, I'm using basically your Instagram as like my form of reference yeah. for talking about stuff. So, I mean, like, I also see some fun pictures like you doing cosplay stuff. Do they have uh, oh my conventions, like comic conventions and stuff there? Yeah, yeah. We, ha we have the Comic-Con in four cities in Germany. And one is very close to me. It's in Dortmund, which is about an hour from me. It's not that big. And to be honest, actors and actresses rather go to other countries like the UK <laughs> than Germany. So I went there and here so far because it's just here since 2016 I think but yeah I enjoy going there I also discovered that there are some booths for example who sell 80s toys mm -hmm. there's a shop or something who only sells 80s toys and also remakes of 80s toys and yeah so the synthwave stuff and 80s stuff is coming back to Germany as well because it was very unknown especially the synthwave scene but yeah well we started talking about conventions and now I'm somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens on this show yeah yeah I think um, I remember a few years ago this isn't from conventions but they re-released the He-Man toys mm -hmm. from the 80s they were remade using the same molds and stuff and they were like selling them in the actual toy stores but it's always fun to see when the people have booths or, or like at flea markets and stuff like that where people sell their uh, their old toys but the thing that sucks i don't like when people find out what stuff is worth <laughs> because i'm a big fan of lego like i love lego and i wish i could go back in time to the 90s when Lego like was not as popular mm -hmm. and go to garage sales and you know when people are selling stuff in front of their house because I could have probably bought like fucking garbage cans full of Lego dude same <laughs> and now people know what it's worth so now if you see a garage sale or flea market where people are selling Lego, they have it all in little plastic bags and it's like $20 a bag because mm. they know that that's what they can sell it for. And it's so frustrating because when they know what it's worth, it's no it's no fun to buy anymore because I can't find like the deals. You got to find that old lady who's selling, you know, her son's Lego collection from when he was a kid and she doesn't know what it's worth and you just go there and be like I'll take this whole thing for like a hundred bucks and she'll be like oh that's great and then you end up with this big fucking box of Lego and anyway sorry <laughs> yeah I know what you mean it's the same with uh, the Nintendo stuff there was a time I was like 14 or something my Super Nintendo and my Pokemon cards and everything wasn't really important for me anymore so my mother sold it on a flea market so she sold the SNES for like like 20 bucks or something yeah, because yeah, it yeah. wasn't worth anything and mm. now it's so much more Game Boys go up to like 80 euros and years ago it was like 20 or 30 yeah. so yeah I feel the same with the Nintendo stuff. Yeah, it's frustrating a little, but I guess like maybe it's a good time to be a reseller of retro shit. So I suppose uh, it's good for them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, look, we got to listen to some more music. So here's a good one from Bunny X. Uh, this track is called Unknown Places.
And that was Bunny X with the track Unknown Places. And remember, you can uh, check out all the artists I feature on the show because I post the links under the episode. So go check out the tunes. And uh, we're back here with Mizu Cat talking about the cost of uh, retro consoles. And, and that got me thinking, because you know what I want 
All right, I follow this guy on Instagram. Follow this guy on Instagram who makes these things called Retro High. He makes Game Boys, but they have like a color yeah, yeah. screen. He mostly does Nintendo DS screens or Game Boy Advance SP screens. He builds them into a Game Boy. He's a genius. He's amazing. I love his works. Yeah, I want to I got to contact that dude, man, because I mean, I want one with a Retro Pie inside because I want to just have all the games. No, you should actually contact Jared because he can do it as well. You know Jared, right? Yeah, well, no, Jared's going to do something special for me. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it too soon, but well, it's going to involve like 80 different people <laughs> to make, so it's probably not going to happen for like a year or two, I imagine, because he's pretty busy, mm. and, and I know you're ob- you're working with him on some projects as well, yeah, Retro Revolutions, yeah. but for me, it's like the most custom-designed thing that only I would want. Okay. Because <laughs> it's fun. Like, it's fun to to see the projects that he works on, like very specific sort of things. And for me, people who listen to this show know that I'm a huge fan of uh, the N64 and of the game. I'm not going to censor it right now. GoldenEye. Yeah. I talk about GoldenEye so much that I'm not allowed to say it on the show anymore. But I'm going to say it right now just because if it works out... The thing he's going to make me is going to involve Goldeneye and something very custom just for me. And it's going to be pretty awesome, but it's going to be also very, I think, difficult. I'm making it hard on him on purpose because Jared always, every time he's, I ask him a question, he's like, oh, I can do that for sure. Like, I can do that. I can do that. I'm like, oh, you can, can you? So then I came up with a thing that I don't think he can do. <laughs> And I want to see then if he can do it, just as a test. He's a genius. <laughs> Maybe Jared could do it. But, I mean, this guy does it all the time anyways. I don't want to bug Jared because he's doing, you know, he's doing custom stuff for other people. This th- That retro high guy, that's all he does. So I feel like he can just fucking bang them out and send them off. Yeah, and the prices are really good. I know that his prices are public, and I was looking at them, and I was like, hmm, that's actually pretty, yeah, pretty cheap, though. Well, I think if it's U.S., I mean, I'm in Canada, so the Canadian dollar is kind of shitty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he charges 270 for the black Game Boys with like the four buttons. I mean, what would that be Canadian? It'd probably be like 340. Th- well, no, probably be like 350 or whatever. But uh, but it's still, I, I still think it would be a wicked thing to have. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. We're <laughs> talking about that dude. I'll t- we'll talk about him another time. Who who's this character you're dressed up as? I always see cosplay of this character with the green hair and the devil wings. You've seen many of these. Yeah, I, I see ladies cosplay with this this one. Yeah. But I don't know the character. Like, what game is that? I should know it, right? Yeah, you should know it. It's Night Stalkers from Capcom. This girl is Morrigan Ainsland. She is a succ- succubus? Succubus? That's the word. I, I, succubus is a word I never say. But yes, it is Succubus. Yes, Succubus, yeah. And when I was wearing this cosplay on Comic-Con, some people didn't know who I am, but there were a few, yeah, let's say, guys in your age mm. <laughs> who recognized her because this game is from the 90s. And they were like, oh my God, Morrigan, Morrigan. And it's really rare in Germany. Not many people cosplay her. So I think it was a good challenge. It was like, okay, let's see who will recognize me. <laughs> like I recognize the look, but it was never a game I played. Like, I feel like when I see cosplay pictures, like, ladies will often... I see that one cosplayed. Is it the same game? Is there a girl who looks like a cat in that game? Like, is it all white? Yeah. Is that the yeah. same game? She has, like, a tail? Oh, wait. I, I said Night Stalkers, right? It's Dark Stalkers. There's also a comic called Night Warriors, and yeah, it's also based on this game. But yeah, the cat girl with the blue hair who's almost naked, she's in that game, too. <laughs> well, it makes sense, because, like, for some of the ladies who do, like, the 
sexy cosplay. Like, you know, there's a few characters who have these, you know, <laughs> revealing costumes where everything is conveniently covered. And so, like, there's certain outfits like that I see, like, in cosplay pictures. Yeah. I, I really like cosplay, but I'm I'm sort of more impressed by the... I like when people build robots. Like, I, I, like, oh, uh, yeah. I like the big yeah. ones. I mean, obviously, yes, it's also very nice to look at sexy ladies <laughs> in sexy costumes. Like, that's impressive as well. But there's something about the craft of the complex builds yeah. that I, I'm really interested in. I also did the cosplay my on my own because you couldn't buy it. There was only one company in China selling it, but it looked very cheap, so I made it on my own. But you know what my dream cosplay is? Do you know Bubblegum Crisis? No. <laughs> oh. I don't. No, should I? Is that an anime? Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you. It's, it's an anime from the 80s, and it's a group of girls called the Nightsabers, and they have a robot suit, and the main character called Pris has a blue suit. She looks like a robot when she wears it, and it's pretty cool. Hold on, I'm looking this up. Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah. Images. Okay. You see the blue suit? Yeah, so they're kind of like Power Ranger style, but they have sort of <laughs> yeah. wings. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely watch the anime. It's a classic cyberpunk saga. Yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, when I was younger, I used to watch Sailor Moon, but... <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a bit. How about uh, uh, we listen to a song first? So here's a cool one from Primorph. This is On The Ropes.
And that was On the Ropes by Primorph. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Mike Shima and Joey and Kendra. Awesome people. If you want to join them and support the show, go to beyondsynth.com, click on the donate button. And now I'm back with Mizucat. And uh, you were telling me to watch Bubblegum Crisis. And then I mentioned watching Sailor Moon. So I think uh, I need to explain myself because I know it's like on the surface, it's a car cartoon for girls, but what I liked compared to the other shows I was watching at the time was Sailor Moon had an actual continuing storyline, and that's what interested me, was like week to week, the story actually kept going, because every other cartoon I watch, it's like a one-off. It's like, you know, this episode is, you know, Attack of the Robots, and then the next episode is something else, Mm. and they actually killed characters in Sailor Moon, right? Which is something they don't do in any of the shows that I watched as a kid, (laughs) like the (laughs) cartoons. And so, that's what interested me, was that like characters actually like died and were gone and I was like oh that's kind of cool but obviously it's also a very goofy and ridiculous show as well <laughs> yeah I mean it's not as cool as the ones where the people are flying around in robot suits or robotech or any of that stuff or the anime movies like my brother would show me because they were all mature audiences so I was watching like Golgo 13 and all these ones where there's all these like really violent deaths and stuff yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's my story about that like, is that still a thing, though? Like, you used to watch a lot of anime? Yeah, I recently bought tons of VHS, and I got myself a VHS player with NTSC playback because we have Paul here, like P-A-L. Yeah. At the moment, it's teared apart in my garage because I'm painting it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, like, two days ago, and I was like, damn, it's silver. I was like, okay, let's customize it. And, uh, yeah, it's getting pretty colorful and pastel <laughs> right now. But, yeah, I recently watching a few animes on VHS mostly at midnight when I come back from work (laughs) I'm like okay to get down and relax I watch a few episodes record of Lord of War for example I'm pretty sure you don't know this anime (laughs) well I don't know a lot of anime believe me like (laughs) it's funny I feel like I'm back in my nine year old self sitting in this room and watching anime VHS (laughs) there's something I like about that I got a retro pie that and then I bought one of those mini Nintendo cases for it I plugged it into my son's bedroom and for some reason I I enjoyed playing it more in there (laughs) than I did when it was hooked to the TV in the main room because it reminded me of like being a kid in like a kid's bedroom because he has like a little TV in there and like the retro pie and I was like like sitting on his bed playing games and I was like I actually enjoy playing it more here so yeah there's something about you know when you create that atmosphere it just takes you back you know Mm. although I don't have any old screens anymore so I'm I like a lot of the content you know I like 80s things and the music and the games and stuff but I also like new technology like I like emulators I like how you can have all the games on a little tiny microchip and you don't have to put cartridges cartridges in because that used to frustrate the hell out of me like when cartridges didn't work right yeah yeah and like you're blowing on them stuff like that would just annoy the hell out of me and and cables we used to play n64 and we'd be playing four player games all the time and it didn't matter where you were sitting at the end of the night 
all the cables would be wrapped around each other like a rope <laughs> and it never made any sense to me because like we wouldn't even move like you know what it's like if, if you see like a bunch of boys playing video games like you just sit there and they just stare forward yeah but you just play games for hours without moving occasionally like taking a drink from a bottle of pop or something and then somehow at the end of the night all the cables are tangled with each other as if we were dancing around the room uh, you know <laughs> like winding around each other it never made any sense to me yeah also old TVs are heavy as hell <laughs> true yeah the big screens like my buddy just threw out a 32 inch tube television that thing must have weighed like 80 pounds or something like it was it was ridiculous like it, it took like several people to move it and it's just this <laughs> giant square you know now like you know you can literally like carry a 60 inch TV and it's light it's crazy how much that's changed true yeah going back to that you like modern technology as well I do play I have a Nintendo Switch so I actually also enjoy new games and I'm patiently waiting for the new Pokemon game to come <laughs> this, is, this is the thing that never left me I, I have all Pokemon games and I still play them. It's my passion. Yeah. <laughs> I also have a modern TV, but it's in the in the living room. It's also 75 inches. Whoa! Yeah, yeah it's, it's huge. I wanted big TV. I was... I, I had to do a damn... <laughs> I, I also do video editing on the side, although I'm trying to get away from that and do just focus on Beyond Synth. Mm. And I was editing a wedding. It was recorded on old footage, and I was like, oh, I hope it looks okay on your TV, because it was, you know, old footage I was trying to convert to look as good as it could. And then the guy's like, yeah, you know, we'll notice the difference. We're watching on an 82-inch 4K screen, and I'm just like, fucking get me an 82-inch screen. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> Anyway, I'm happy for you and your TV. <laughs> <laughs> But I could never plug in my retro consoles on it. I will probably die on eye cancer or something nope. because <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's why I have a CRT for the games. It's so much better. It's easier. You just plug it in and play. No difficulties. Yeah, there's certain systems, though, that aged... The N64 was the console that um, I played the most because it, that was when I was in high school. So those were the years that I really gamed like hardcore and and that was my system the n64 has aged i think the worst in terms of i think it outputs a resolution of like 320 by 240 or something so if you plug a, an n64 into a big screen an lcd screen it looks horrible like it looks so bad i know i've seen it <laughs> that's why i like to play n64 games using an emulator although the n64 is like the hardest system to emulate like it's just it's a complicated system so they're never perfect like none of the emulations of n64 games are ever perfect but i find like nintendo nes super nintendo genesis they aged actually a lot better like i can play them on a big screen and i'm fine with it okay i haven't tried it out yet because i have a crt i don't need it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm living in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. well, well, look, on that note, let's uh, listen to some awesome music. This is a track by Many Names, which is spelled M-N-Y-N-M-S. But it is said Many Names. And uh, this track is called Denial.
And that was Denial by Many Names. And uh, that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Gregorio Franco and Chris Dance. Those are some cool guys. But right now we're talking to Mizu Cat, just chatting about CRT televisions and retro games. But uh, I want to talk more about the design work you do. Mm-hmm. So when you're actually painting stuff, what's the process? Like you got to take shit apart? Yes, when I get new consoles, which I never tear it apart, I mostly check out on internet tutorials and stuff to be on the safe side. And so, yeah, I tear them apart and also do pictures so I know how to put it back later. Then I clean it, mostly in my bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) When it's like a 30-year-old console with all the dirt you can think of and your Mm -hmm. water is just black. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. I tear it apart, uh, clean it. It depends on the surface, but when they are too glossy, I have to sand, wet sand them. Right. Then I prime them using a, a transparent primer. I use spray cans, so I don't I don't airbrush. I, I yeah, well, it is actually airbrush, but with cans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I finished it, I clear coat it with a transparent spray paint. Sometimes I also fix them. So depends if they don't work. I also fix them. I can't fix everything, but old consoles are easy to fix. They mostly have the same issues and yeah. like what? For example, the NES, the cartridge reader, the pins don't connect to the cartridge. So you have to get a new pin connector or just move the pins. You push them so that the contact is back again. So that's the most common problem with NES. Mm. But people sell them as broken because they think, okay, it doesn't work anymore. It's not worth anything, but it's so easy to fix. Oh, I did that. I'll make you mad right now. But like last year or the year before, I sold two Game Boys because we had two old ones, but the screens were not working correctly. Mm. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to fix these. Like it's, it's annoying. And so I sold them for... Or not a lot of money. I think I'm aware now that the way that, you know, if you play on old Game Boys, the, the problem that would happen with them is they would start to just gradually lose the screen from the sides. The pixels. Slowly that line gets wider and wider and wider. Yeah. And I guess all, all they do is you just have to open it up and like press it back down from the back or something. Like it's something. No, you have to solder it, but it's easy. It's very easy. You have just to warm the solder up and it connects back so you will slowly see getting them uh, coming back to life the pixels so it's actually easy <laughs> well that's what that person would have done and then they would have sold those game boys for a lot more money probably yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Every time you do a console, I mean, I imagine you're doing, like, commission stuff, too, and we talked before about your work with the Retro Revolutions, but, like, you just have fun and then just make a thing and say, I'm selling this, or are people asking you for specific designs, especially, like, when it comes to the console painting and stuff? Both. It actually started with just doing some Game Boys and selling them, but many people came back to me now and commissioned me, so... I have tons of requests and commissions for customized consoles at the moment. So I'm working on many Game Boys right now. My room looks like a mess. <laughs> Besides doing painting, like some of these have pictures on them and like squiggly lines and shapes and, and anime characters and stuff. So do you do that stuff in pen or is there like a special kind of paint pen or what? These are acrylic pens. When you have a semi-gloss surface, you can paint with those or draw with those pens on the Game Boys. You're just limited to colors, that's what's annoying, but mm. you can also 
also use um, regular acrylic colors. That's what I do when you, when I draw those palm trees. And yeah, you, you can see the difference. When it looks like it's very sharp lines, I did it with pencils. And when it rather looks like painted with acrylic colors, yeah, that's when I used uh, the brush. You can just use usual acrylic colors. And after that, uh, I seal them. Yeah, when it's clear coated, it's definitely lasting a few years. <laughs> that Stranger Things one looks cool. Oh yeah, this was made with the pencils, yeah. So it must get like intricate, like do you do any like masking, putting tape down and then like doing stuff that way or stencils or anything? Yeah, I started doing this now. I didn't really done it before, but I thought about it for a long time now. The latest uploads on Instagram, there's one yellow purple Game Boy. I did that with masking, but I want to do like proper 80s airbrush styles soon. Right. But it's not really popular, you know? So when I do these, it's not really about selling these. Uh, I do it because I love it, but the materials aren't that cheap, so I have to think of what people would buy. So sometimes I do some experimental things and no one really wants to buy them, so that's why I'm not doing this a lot with the airbrush 80s inspired things because it's not everyone likes it. So what are you finding then are the most popular types of designs you do? Uh, the more vibrant popping things, you know. I may I made a Game Boy which was black and with some 80s pattern, but I used very bright neon colors and I put a pink backlight in it. So this really popped out, I think, and yeah, that was the most popular Game Boy I made. But also the one with the palm trees, which looks more pastel, pastelish and this was very popular as well. What gives you the most satisfaction between doing the um, album covers and uh, you know and, and the painting of consoles and things like that? I mean, like, do you have a favorite thing to do? Oh, that's hard. I enjoy everything, but I think seeing something getting a new chance is more satisfying. You know, when I have old mistreated console or a radio or something, everyone else would throw it away, but you bring it to life again. Mm -hmm. I think this is more satisfying. Do people send you stuff to paint, or are you always just going into the, the sales and, and picking up the old items and then selling them that way, or do people send you stuff? Uh, it depends, because the most customers are from America or not in Europe, and sending something to me would be more expensive than me getting it. So, yeah, mo I mostly get my own materials for them. Right. Well, that makes sense. Have you ever, like, sold someone or created for someone, like, just the case? Uh, yeah, yeah. And and they have to install it themselves kind of thing? Yeah, I did that, yeah. I always find it funny because when I talk to Jared about what he's going to make for me, I can't even think of how much it's going to cost because it's going to require like four different people who are all like, well, one guy's in Germany and one guy's in the States and Jared's in New Zealand and somehow it's going to have to go back and forth between all of these people because <laughs> it's going to involve people like 3D printing stuff and people making chipboards and all this nonsense, you know, this stuff that I have no, I have no understanding. I've never used a soldering iron in my life. Do you even call them soldering irons or are they soldering guns? Uh, soldering iron. Soldering iron. What's what's the German word for soldering? Löten. Löten? Löten, yeah. Löten. Löten. 
What's the what's the German word for video games? Video spiele. Spiele? Yeah, spiele is games. Spiele, and then video is just video. Yeah. I want to learn a German sentence here uh, before we go, but first, uh, let's listen to a cool track. So here's one from Art Fluids, and this is Inferno.
And that was Inferno by Art Fluids. Brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Action Jackson, Ken Jeru, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. You guys are the best. And now we're back here with Mizu Cat talking about painting consoles and stuff. And now is the time that I learn some German. So uh, how do you say I like to play video games? Ich spiele gerne Videospiele. Ich spiele... What? Ich Ich, 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 Spieler, Spieler, gerne. Hold on, that's the word I keep missing. Okay, ich Spieler, gerne, gerne. Yeah. How do you spell that? Like G? G E R N E. Oh, gerne, like that. Yeah, ich spiele gerne Videospiele. Videos. There's lots of spiels in this one. <laughs> ich spiele gerne Videospiele. Yeah, good. All right, perfect. <laughs> I don't know how useful that sentence will be if I go to Germany. Then I can just walk around the streets and just tell people like, and they're just like, oh, guten Morgen. It's guten Morgen, right? It's what you say in the morning. Good, what's guten Tag? Isn't that a thing? Guten Tag is, it's like good day, but it's not good morning because good morning would be in the morning, like guten Morgen. Guten Tag is what you say on the day, not in the morning, not in the evening, you say it on the day. <laughs> yeah, well, we say that, I mean, like, is uh, in English, you, you can say like, good day. I mean, like, we don't say that in North America. Yeah. Okay. But but you yeah. say good day or good afternoon. Good afternoon's a bit more specific. Yeah. Good day to you. Good day to you, sir. That's like a <laughs> proper English thing to say. Yeah. So guten tag is like that. I never heard anyone saying that to be honest. Okay. Good day. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's like something you would see if you watched a movie that took place in like the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. People with like uh, top hats and stuff. <laughs> and uh, you know, you'd see like a good day, sir, and like they'd w- walk along. This is very important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Ich spiele gerne Videospiele. <laughs> People would be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, listen, it was fun uh, chatting with you. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you uh, want to talk about? I don't want to talk about anime more because if I tell you some anime names and you don't know them, I will probably get mad at you. So <laughs> we should rather... <laughs> should rather let it be. <laughs> well, I like any interview that ends with someone getting mad at me. Did that ever happen? No. Someone getting mad at you? I couldn't imagine that. No, I'm too likable. <laughs> That's a very good question, actually. Would I post an interview if I actually got in a real fight with somebody? I don't know. I've never gotten in that situation. That wouldn't be smart. Well, it might be, though, because it might be really entertaining. <laughs> it depends how brutal it is, I guess. I've got a pretty decent sense of humor about myself, so you'd have to be pretty mean for me to get mad. Same. But the most important thing is... Uh, Ich spiele gerne Videospiele. <laughs> and then maybe maybe I'll get uh, caught up on some anime so I can uh, talk to you in a few years and, and have something uh, meaningful to say. I think someone told me <laughs> I should watch Robotech. I've never even watched Robotech. Oh, man. So good. It's a classic. <laughs> That's the thing, though. I mean, it'll be cool when I actually go back and watch them because I prefer older animation. Mm. I I don't like how crisp new cartoons look. Like, they're very digital looking. Yeah. There's something about computer, like, when they do the the animation now that it just... Everything looks kind of the same. Today, we would say frames per second. I think it's the less of in-between movements in the cell artworks they made, you know? And it's too clean. Sometimes when you press pause on the anime, you have like weirdly drawn, yeah, the anatomy sometimes. It's so weird, but oh, yeah. it doesn't bother. I think the imperfection, it's what it makes. Yeah, especially like with the old cartoons, there were so many, you know, I used to watch a lot of Transformers mm-hmm. and 
in Transformers, every episode, there is always, like, they paint the character the wrong color for a few frames. Sometimes the wrong voice comes out. <laughs> You'll see a Transformer moving his mouth, but it's the wrong voice. Mm. And there's every episode always has those sorts of mistakes. And I know what you mean about those weird transitional, like, animation frames. The people look like they're jelly. <laughs> and, like, the, you know, like, the arms are all weird and the face is all distorted. Like, the nose is pointing the wrong way. And, like, it just, but just, just, just for, like, one frame. Yeah. That's why I love, um, like, I, I really like the old Warner Brothers cartoons, like Bugs Bunny and stuff. Yeah, yeah. From, like, you know, like the 40s and 50s. And when I was a kid, I didn't realize that I was watching cartoons that were that old. I thought they were, like, from the 70s or 80s. But really, the 50s and the 40s. And, and the animation in those is so good. Like, it's just so smooth. They're really fun to watch just because of how smooth everything looks. Yeah, me too, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the point is that uh, I hope you have a lovely day. Thank you. A guten, guten, is it, I'm, I'm saying it wrong. What is day? Tag. With a K sound? No, G, tag. It is a G. Oh, so it is guten tag, like that. Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> guten tag to you, Mizu Cat. <laughs> you too. People should go check out your Instagram and stuff because it shows all the, the pictures of the things you do. And if they want to, they want to get in contact with you to paint something, that's how they do it. Is that how they do it? Yeah. They can contact me on Instagram every everywhere actually. <laughs> well, cool, and I hope I uh, hope you you know keep keep doing what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not very good at ending conversations. It's not a power I was given. Oh, me too. I'm not good as well on that. <laughs> but listen, it was fun talking to you, and uh, and you have a lovely day. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for chatting. Thanks for having me. And that was my conversation with Mizukat. So uh, she was fun. It's good to chat with artists. You know what? I always have musicians on the show, so it's a it's a nice thing to uh, to also talk to the people who make all the cool cover art and stuff that you guys see. And so I'm definitely going to be having a few more artists on the show. You know who I want to have on the show is fucking Blood and Chrome. Because if you saw the Kickstarter for Blood and Chrome's uh, card game, he did an amazing job. Like the animation is so good. Yeah, so he's someone I, I definitely want to have on the show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to him because I feel like we chatted. We we've chatted before, but then I forgot. And then when I saw the Blood and Chrome Kickstarter video, I was like, holy fuck, this is good. Like really good. Anyway, look. I gotta go. I hope you guys have a lovely weekend, and thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. On the show next week is Street Cleaner. And I have a fun little surprise if I can find the audio, because Street Cleaner did an ad that had my voice in it being the narrator. And if I can find it, I have the raw outtakes of that day. And it's just me laughing and, like, talking in that trailer voice. And if I can find that, I'll definitely sort of put it into the show because it was so silly that I think you all have to hear it. So that's a little tease for next week. And uh, you guys have an awesome weekend. Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. And uh, tune in next time to the best synthwave chat show there is. That's this show. <laughs> just in case you were confused. Thanks for Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth.
If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.